Christmas. Christmas was two weeks ago. And um, can I ask you a question? Have you left Christmas behind yet? Since Christmas got done, have you thought back uh, about Christmas? Or once January 1st hits, you just continue to look forward. And all, all systems are, are looking ahead and looking forward to what is ahead of us, right? So often we, we leave Christmas behind, even though Christmas took so much preparation. Once it's done, we, we leave it in the past. And, and one of the jokes that I tell Rochelle on Christmas Day, I, I, I make sure I do this every year, I say, New Year's, you know, on New Year's Day, I said, you know, Christmas is right around the corner. <laughs> it comes to us so quickly. When you stop to think of all the preparation that it took for Christmas to take place, and, and once it's done, we leave it behind so quickly. It's amazing. Most malls and stores, they start planning for Christmas at the end of summer. At the end of summer, they take an inventory of all the things that they have. And what they don't have and what they need to get more of, they start to place their orders. And, um, and it's so odd to see sometimes, I've seen it once in a while, that in October you see some Christmas things out alongside Halloween. <laughs> you ever see that? Some Christmas things out as, as they put Halloween things out. It's so weird that Christmas and Halloween kind of have that connection because after Halloween is done and when people put up their Christmas ornaments and decorations, how many of you have seen those 15-foot skeletons in people's front yard with, with a Christmas hat on it? Yeah. And it's so weird. I'm like, wow. I guess they put all that up. They don't want to take it down just yet. But Christmas, just it, it gets started, just almost seems like earlier and earlier every year. And even at Halloween, you know, you see glimpses of Christmas. And then once Halloween is done, it's full board, really, onto Christmas. Because Thanksgiving doesn't get a good shake. You know, I feel bad for Thanksgiving. I don't know if you feel the same way, but uh, Thanksgiving doesn't get the full holiday treatment. We, we rush through Thanksgiving and, um, and we, we, we make time just enough for it, you know. But this is true. The moment, and I mean the moment Thanksgiving is done, at midnight, boom, the next day, what, what starts? Black Friday. And we just leave Thanksgiving behind again. And we're full on into Christmas mode, right, for Black Friday. I, I have never, except maybe once in my life, done Black Friday shopping. Anybody constantly, you guys are on Black Friday deals? Anybody in here? Some people. I see a few hands. Like, <laughs> but, uh, but it's true. And, and, and now they make it so convenient. You don't have to leave your house. I remember one time I stood in line at Best Buy to get some computers because we needed it at the church. And at, you know, 5 o'clock in the morning before the... Now, once midnight starts, you can get online and do Black Friday shopping online. Just crazy. And, and that's the kind of emphasis that is put on getting people ready for Christmas. Of course, the more commercialized Christmas. But once Thanksgiving is done and we start moving towards Christmas, everything changes. For me, it does. And, and probably for you, too. First of all, we notice the weather starts to change, right? That's one of the things that gets colder. Being from Hawaii, 
June feels cold to me here. <laughs> but it just gets colder. Um, we have a tradition at my home that on thanks, the day after Thanksgiving, the morning of, we bring out all of the decorations for Christmas. By, that, by the end of that morning, our Christmas tree is up. When we get all the Christmas tree decorations up, we go outside and we decorate the house. I, I don't know if you do that, but I see that happening in my neighborhood. You know, right up to Thanksgiving, the next day, all the lights come out, the lawn ornaments. Things start to look different and we start to change. Even in the church, after Thanksgiving, we change. We, we move into Advent. Our focus is on preparing our hearts for Advent and for Jesus to to celebrate his first coming, but to prepare our hearts for the second coming of Jesus. And in the midst of all of the things that continue to change right as Advent starts, isn't it nice that some things never change in Advent? Like there are some traditions that that we hold in Advent that are so comforting and reassuring one of my favorite Christmas traditions is watching the Charlie Brown special. How many of you guys like the Charlie Brown special? I love the Charlie Brown special because of the message of that special. It's not like Elf and it's not like It's a Wonderful Life. This was in, the Charlie Brown special is about Jesus, which is so rare to see on television anymore. But I love that. So we make it one of our traditions to watch the Charlie Brown Christmas Another tradition that is comforting is singing our favorite carols in church, you know. I love singing um, Go Tell It on the Mountain. And every time I sing it, I bring out my cell phone and I text people, Jesus Christ is born. Because that song tells us to go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. We sing it, but we never do anything about it, right? So it's been my tradition. I bring out my phone and I text all my friends, hey, Jesus Christ is born. We're singing, go tell it on the mountain. All of these things I love about Christmas. And, and another thing that's so funny about Christmas, on Christmas morning, my family, this is a tradition that came from my wife, we, we have biscuits and gravy and sausage every Christmas morning. We don't eat it 364 days out of the year, ever, not even once, but on Christmas morning, we have it. Right? Even though it's good, it's delicious, but we never eat it. And, and that's so comforting. We love that. It's tradition. Another really comforting tradition about Christmas that I, I think you love as well as I do is that Christmas, we know where to find Jesus. He's laying in the manger, and he's there every year at Christmas. Right? Um, we had the, the whole uh, Christmas program with the children. And if you looked, you know, in there, you, you could, there was a little baby Jesus. In, in the manger scene at my house, there's a little baby Jesus. When we look in the manger, every Christmas, we find Jesus because he's there. And when we look in, we're reminded of all the wonderful themes of Christmas, of, of, of hope and peace and joy and love. And that brings us great comfort because Jesus is the reason for the season. And then when Advent is over, we go on the family mission trip and we come back and we celebrate the new year. We turn the page on the year before, on 2023, and now we're standing right in the front end of 2024. We're 
after Advent. That's where we're at right now. That's the title of my sermon. Life moves on. We don't look back too much. In fact, we're looking forward to the year ahead. And right, rightfully so. When, when you read the story of Jesus' life, that's what Mary and Joseph did. They didn't look back too much after Jesus was born. All you read about is them looking forward. And their lives moved on. And what you read in Luke chapter 2, the second part of it is, that Mary and Joseph followed the Jewish customs and traditions, just like we follow the traditions of our own lives. And, and they took that time after Jesus was born to live into the traditions that they had in their day. So if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to Luke chapter 2. Verses 21 to 24. This is the, the traditional aspect of Mary and Joseph living out the things that, that they did. Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 21. It says, On the eighth day, see that was tradition, after the baby was born, on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus. The name the angels had given him before he was conceived. And then... They presented Jesus at the temple. And when the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it was written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. So that's what... Mary and Joseph did. It was 40 days after his birth that they took him to the temple. And they followed the Jewish customs. They named Jesus on the eighth day. And then they brought him to the temple. So we're now at Luke chapter 2, verses 25 to 35. And this is really the passage of scripture that I want us to land on for my sermon today. Jesus is 40 days old now. Mary and Joseph takes Jesus to the temple and they meet a man named Simeon. And this is the story of Simeon as he meets Jesus. Verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went to the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was custom, what was the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory of your people, Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And then Simeon blessed them and he said to Mary, his mother, oh, listen to this. This child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and 
A sword will pierce your own soul too. Oh, wow. What a prophetic word for a young mom to hear with the baby Jesus. You know, I mean, Paisley's right there. Can you imagine? Someone grabs Paisley and says this thing to you. I mean, it's crazy, right? But that's what happened. And when Simeon sees Jesus, he doesn't see the gentle baby laying in the manger anymore. Same Jesus. But there's a much bigger picture of who this Jesus is to become. And Simeon is holding and seeing Jesus, the means of salvation for God, for all people. That's, that's gigantic. Simeon is holding the elements of communion in his hands. That's what he's doing. And it says here that Jesus would be light for revelation to the Gentiles, that's all of us, and glory for Israel. And he is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and then... Mary, a sword will be pierced in your own soul too. We don't get this baby Jesus looking in the manger, do we? When we look in the manger, it's a, it, it seems like a completely different baby that's in the manger than the one that, that Simeon is holding. But re, in reality, it, it's the same Jesus but a whole different picture of who this Jesus will grow up to become. And the purpose of Jesus' life is stated clearly, that He is here to bring salvation to the world. You know what that means? Jesus came to change the world. That's basically what Simeon has told Mary and Joseph that Jesus came to do. He came to change this world. And Jesus shows us how the world is changed. The way you change the world is by doing it one person at a time. Think about that. You don't just massively wave your hand and, and cause people to change. It's changed one life at a time, one person at a time. And Jesus came and did just that. He began to change the hearts and lives of people one life at a time. Can I ask you a question today? How has Jesus changed your life? I, I can tell you something. No matter who you are and how old you are, He's not done with you yet. So maybe a better question is, instead of how has Jesus changed your life, maybe the question I should ask is, how is Jesus changing your life now? For all of us. Even you, Bill Young, sitting over there, 92 years old. 
I love the fact that Bill comes to my office every so often and, and tells me about how Jesus is continually changing his life and what he's learning and how he's growing. I'm so grateful for that because that's a great example for me that God's not done with me yet and nor is he done with you. And when you pick up this book and you start to read, you will find that everyone that follows Jesus with all of their heart is radically and completely changed. They're not the same people they were when Jesus first began in their lives. And I want you to know that today, Jesus continues to call men and women, and Layla, even children, <laughs> away from the life that they were living into a life of great purpose for the kingdom of God. Jesus is still at work bringing people out of the darkness and leading them into the light. Jesus is still calling people away from loving the world and the things of the world to fully loving God with all of their hearts and all of their minds. Jesus still calls every single one of us to grow in our walk with Him so that every single day that goes by, our lives reflect more and more of what Jesus would look like. That is what Jesus came to do. He calls normal human beings like you and me to do supernatural things for His glory. To become missionaries to our next door neighbors or to the people just across the border. To take the message of the good news of the gospel and bless others as we authentically love God, humbly serve one another, and intentionally share the good news of who He is. Jesus gives us all a greater purpose for living than we can ever find by ourselves. And that's how you slowly change the world. One person at a time. One heart at a time. Healing the hurts. Strengthening the weak. Giving vision to those who are short-sighted to see the glory of what God can do as we surrender all that we have to Him. This Jesus, when we look into the manger, is the same Jesus, but a much bigger picture. And for Simeon, wow, can you imagine Simeon hearing from the Holy Spirit? He must be an old guy that you can't leave this earth till you hold the God's means of salvation in your own hands. Your eyes will see the salvation that God has to bring. And moved by the Holy Spirit, he goes into the temple. The same day Mary and Joseph bring Jesus. How ironic. How amazing is that. And then he sees the little baby. Takes the baby from the parents and begins to speak this beautiful prophecy over the baby Jesus. And then he realizes, this is my chance to, to depart this world. And I'm thinking about your mom, Charlene. 
and just the glory that she's in today. Yeah? And Simeon, in that same heart, in the words that Paul spoke, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. And so, Simeon says, I'm ready, Lord. I got to hold the means of salvation and the glory of your people. I can go now. And Simeon's life was fulfilled as he got to hold, they got the privilege to hold the Messiah in his hands. And church, you and I, we're not too different from Simeon in that, just like Simeon, we are all on a quest to find, embrace, and celebrate in our lives Jesus, as Simeon did. You know, the joy that he had when he held Jesus in his hands should be the joy that we have every day that Jesus is in our hearts and in our lives. But many will say, Pastor, I've already accepted Jesus. But did you accept the Jesus as the baby in the manger? Or did you accept the Jesus that Simeon was holding? Same Jesus, but much much bigger picture of who Jesus is. And what's the difference? How do you know that the Jesus that you accepted was the baby in the manger or the one that Simeon was holding? I would say that the way you you, you know the difference is when you ask yourself this question. What does your salvation mean to you? What, what, what was the benefit of accepting Jesus into your heart? Only you can answer that right now with, with who you are. And if your answer is, well, I accepted Jesus so I can go to heaven and stay out of hell. That's true. That's part of the reason why we accept Christ into our lives. That's the promise that was given to us in John 3.16. That whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. But sometimes I think that that's just kind of like an insurance policy to keep us out of hell. (laughs) You accept Jesus so you don't go there. My hope is that we open our hearts to receive Jesus in change the world. To be the life that helps to change the world one life at a time. And when I am changed, I can be a part of that change that Jesus came to bring. One life at a time. And like Isaiah, I want to raise my hand and say, here, my Lord, send me. And be the person that God uses So that our salvation can be the fulfillment of what Jesus would want to accomplish here on earth through my life. And it's not just so that I can get into heaven and stay out of hell. There's a greater life to be lived. And I want to tell you, church, that the salvation that we have looks so beautiful in so many different ways to the joy 
and the fulfillment of after Christmas joining the rest of the team on going to the family mission trip. You'll hear me talk about that all the time. You know why? Because it's salvation. It's me being the person that God has called me to be to live out the salvation that He has placed in me so that in this tiny little way, as I slam that hammer in my thumb, which I still have the bruise for, that salvation is being worked out in my life. As I'm allowing God to use me in whatever way He can. And when I get done with that trip, and as I'm over at my bank down here at Home Street Bank, down on Mission Gorge, I walk in, and the teller says, Hey, how was your Christmas? And I said, Oh, I had a great Christmas. Oh, really? What did you do? Did you have family over? Yes, I did. But I also went to Tecate and helped to build a home. And I began to tell them the story of what we were able to accomplish and do. In just two and a half days, now a family built a home. And the church that I'm a part of, we've been going for the last 22 years. And over the 22 years, we've built over 70 homes. And they're blown away. And they're like, wow, what church is this? I said, it's Mission Church. So do you attend that? I said, I'm the pastor. <laughs> I'm not just the client. I own the, the, the hair, you know, the hair club for men. I'm the pastor. And they're like, you're a pastor? Everybody's surprised when they hear I'm a pastor. <laughs> and I share the message of God's salvation for me. And that's what God wants to accomplish in all of our lives. To be on that quest as Simeon was on the quest to find the real Jesus, the means of salvation, so that he can be fulfilled in what God has called him to do. And that's exactly what God calls us to do in our lives. Yesterday, on this stage, people came to talk about Mary Jordan. 108 years old, living a life for God to the fullest pursuing Jesus as Jesus pursued her the stories were amazing brought tears to my eyes tears of joy thank God for people who are faithful to the kingdom she lived a great life and the celebration of that life was awesome church salvation is lived out every single day of our lives. It's not just an insurance for us to get to heaven someday. Salvation is heaven being lived out on earth because Jesus is with us and gives us purpose for each day that we live. And we find that purpose and live out that purpose to share the great testimony of what God is doing in me today. Whether you're 92 years old, or 26 years old, or however old you are, Jason. God uses every single one of us as we allow Him to. Jesus lived to fulfill the purpose of His life. And he brought salvation to us all. And we have that gift of salvation. And for those of you who have accepted Jesus, 
you say these words, today I am born again. I've, given, I've been given a, a new life, not the same life that I had before I made the decision to allow Jesus into my heart. He's changing me and transforming me. And because of that, Jesus means for every single one of us to be that city on the hill, to be the salt of the earth, to make a difference, shine His light, bring flavor to this bland and dull world, to bring the hope, the peace, the joy, and the love that we all talk about during Advent to life in you and bring it and share it into this broken and fallen world. You know, it shouldn't be that hard for us to be light in this world if Jesus is living in us. And opening your heart to Jesus is the first step for salvation to take place in you. And now that Christmas is over, can I ask you this question? Where do you find Jesus? Where is Jesus for you? I'll tell you that he's not in the manger anymore. He didn't stay there very long. If you've not accepted Jesus, today you don't have to leave church without knowing him as Savior and Lord. And that's good news for all of us today. Revelations 3.20 tells us where we can find Jesus. He is pursuing you, standing beside you and knocking on the door of your heart. Can you hear him saying, here I am. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with you and you with me. When we open our hearts to Jesus and receive him, you know what that all instantly makes us a child of God. We become a part of the family of God. That's, that's so exciting to me. Because God sent Jesus to change the world. He did. And He's in the world-changing business. And when we enter the family, we get to take part in the family business of helping to change the world just by living your life as a child of God. John 1.12 says, Yet to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gives the right to become children of God. Church, I can't think of a better way to start this new year than if you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior and Lord to do that today. And if you have, but you've always thought that your salvation was just your ticket to heaven, that today, maybe you recommit and come to realize that there's a greater life to live than just tipping-toeing, tiptoeing your way to heaven. And instead, engage deeply into a life that God calls each of us to live so that we can be our small part to change the world because I am being changed.
to be more and more like who Jesus is. Then, we can be a part of the people that tell the story about what God is doing in this world so that through what we share, others can know Jesus and be reconciled back to Him. And that we can all be on the journey to seek God with all of our heart, our soul, and our mind. Oh, may that be the case. I'm going to pray. And then when I get done praying, I'm going to tell you about what we're going to do in the next few weeks in the life of our church to help us on this journey. Would you bow your heads with me? Father in heaven today, on the first Sunday that we gather in 2024, may we Lord, may we have the heart of Simeon to be longing for and looking for that Jesus that you have promised for us. And Lord God, when 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 that Jesus, when that when Jesus came into Simeon's heart and life, he was never the same. He was ready to meet with you. He was on a lifelong quest to know and, 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 and hold that Jesus. May we be on that same quest to know Jesus and to love Him and to allow Him to be our Savior that saves us, yes, 100%, but also give Him permission to be the Lord of our lives, to guide and lead and direct us to where You would have us to go, to allow You to change us to be the person that You would have us to be so our lives would be a reflection of who You are in this world to those around. for those who may never have opened their heart to Jesus. Salvation is a gift of God by grace through faith. Not by works. But we can just pray, Lord Jesus, come into my heart today. Be a part of my life. I allow you to help me and shape me and mold me and Invite me to be a part of your family. I want to be a part of the family business of reconciling the world back to God, our Father. Use me, Lord God. And for those that have already made that confession of Jesus in our hearts, that we would also confess not just that Jesus is Lord, but that we're all fallen short Confess that I'm a sinner saved by grace. Forgive us, Lord God. Change us. Don't let me be the same person that I was today. Keep making me into who you would have me to be. And throughout this year, maybe every time we take communion, that we would be reminded that part of why I'm here is because Jesus is in me and our job is to change this world through me. Let us be used by God in the ways he calls us to do. In your name we pray. Amen. So one way that we can do that is to know the will of God. To to seek God deeper. And one way that we do that is as we pray, we fast.
and pray. And at the start of every new year, since I've been here for the last three years, that we've done a Daniel fast. And there's a 10-day devotional on the YouVersion Bible that you can follow. There's also a 21-day uh, fast that you can do. I'm, I, as your pastor, what I want to do is invite you to be a part of a fast. You can fast food, but some people cannot. Then fast something else. I would all say, let's all fast social media and get rid of that. <laughs> Surrender it. Don't just fast it. And the reason why we fast is to heighten the, our spiritual senses so that we can hear from God. Because when we're just going about through all of our lives, right, sometimes life gets too busy for us to, to recognize His voice and His presence. And, and when we simplify our lives, and we seek Jesus in a deeper way to surrender some things of the comforts of this world so we can spend that time searching and hearing from God. I sincerely believe. And He has spoken to me during these times. And I just invite you to be a part of it. I'm not making it legalistic. You've got to do this one or you've got to do that one. And you can't eat this and you can't eat that. You can, you can look up in, in the worship folder and read about the Daniel fast if that's the fast that you want to do. And if you have a day where you forget and you mess up, it's not the end of the world. It's about your heart and the desire that, that as your pastor I have to invite you to join in in this new year to recognize that as a part of this church, we are all engaged in this spiritual journey. This is a spiritual endeavor. And fasting helps us in, in that spiritual endeavor. Don't do this to lose weight. Don't do this to be physically healthier. Do this to draw closer to God. And as you do, listen to what He would have for you. And maybe you will hear God tell you, Gordon, this is how I want you to change the world. And in doing that, God will change me to help me to be the man that he would have me to be. And that God would speak to you. Steve, this is how I want you to change the world. Mildred, this is how I want you to change the world. And I can, if I did all of your names today, we'd be here till 3.30. So I'm going to stop there. Would you allow God to speak through you?